If you're a pastor, elder, deacon, nonprofit board member, or business owner, I need you to listen to this. K&K Furnishings needs to be on your shortlist. K&K Furnishings are committed to helping you find the right furnishings for your church or organization. These guys specialize in quality worship seating, welcome centers, cafes, nurseries, classrooms, as well as stage and podium furnishings. The two owners have over 70 years of combined pastoral experience, so not only will every transaction be handled with integrity and professionalism, but they have the experience to provide you with the perfect solutions for your furniture needs, and they absolutely understand your budget constraints and demands. K&K Furnishings are devoted to providing you quality pieces that save you money. They can do this because they don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar store and they have relationships with over 200 manufacturers nationwide. Look, we all know there's a lot of junk out there. K&K understands that many times bargains aren't true money savers. They end up costing you more in the long run. At K&K, they believe that quality furnishings don't have to be outrageously expensive. And here's the best part. K&K Furnishings sells nationally and can also provide in-person consultations in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. If you can't meet in person, they'd be happy to set up a Zoom consultation for you today. So whatever your next project is, whether it's your home office or your church sanctuary, K&K Furnishings is the only place you need to look. Go to www.kkfurnishings.com to see how they can help you or call 567-318-4520. That's www.kkfurnishings.com or call 567-318-4520 or click on the link in the description of this episode. K&K Furnishings, furnishing business, education, worship, and hospitality for the glory of God. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I got to tell you about Jacob's Supply. Jacob's Supply is the place you got to go for all of your material needs. These guys bring you construction supplies and appliances for up to 50% off retail price, all brand new. Your home builder needs some lumber? Jacob's Supply has you covered. You a deacon at your church and you're in charge of that next Narthex floor job? Jacob's Supply has got you. Heck, they got Cortec Luxury Vinyl Plank right now for $3.59 a square foot. Go look that stuff up at Lowe's or Home Depot, man. That stuff is selling for $7 to $8 a square Square foot. That's over 50% off retail. Even if you just have some home projects you're working on, Jacob Supply is the place for you. I just built an outdoor grilling area this spring for that old smoker and grill. Guess where I got the metal roof, lumber, and screws? Yeah, that's right, Jacob Supply. Looking for a fridge, stove, washer, dryer? They got them all, and their name brand. Samsung, Bosch, Frigidaire, all 20, 30, 40% off retail. Brand new and ready for you. Located in Temperance, Michigan, it's worth it to stop by even if you're a few hours away. And remember, Jacob Supply can ship products nationally too. So even if you're out of state, you gotta check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Jacob Supply or call them direct at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978. 0978. Remember, Jacob Supply, quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now, on to the show. Yeah, love it. Give it to me. Yeah! <laughs> Every week, <Woo>! baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a little bit different setup. Yeah. For those that are watching on YouTube. Absolutely. I'm going to always, I'm going to be looking like this whenever I'm talking to the, talking yeah, to so the people. And if you're I'll not watching. Way, we, when I'm talking to Jake. Yeah. We yeah. moved the uh, table around a little bit. We have an in-guest studio tonight, uh, but welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. We're glad you are with us. Thanks for supporting the show and commenting and mm-hmm. uh, reposting and visiting dmwpodcast.com where you can get all your fun merch yeah. that supports the show. And I want to thank uh, Brian Adams for uh, his song, Heaven. That's random. Excellent. Okay, Excellent. well, we'll go for that. 
but uh, if you are watching on YouTube, we're watch. I'm wearing one of our shirts here. That's a beautiful shirt. You like that? Teach I, CRT in school. Uh-huh. Christian, Christian reform theology. theology. A little play on the hot yes. button CRT issue. Yes, it is. Which we talked about last week, actually, with Tom McMillan. Yeah, we did. At the State Board of Education. That was a great show. That was really good. You know, it's always funny when I listen back and I'm like, this is actually pretty interesting. <laughs> we, we, we kind of said some things that were important. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, it's kind of hard sometimes when you're in, yeah, yeah. when you're like in it, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and to realize. To, yeah. to really listen. Right. But uh, before we get into it, this uh, episode is brought to you by the, what is it brought to us by? The Detroit Baptist Theological yep. Seminary. Yep. Out of Detroit. Uh, they have a free event coming up on March 18th in Allen Park. Mm-hmm. They have Dr. Joel Beek. He's from the, what, Reformed? Puritan. Uh, Puritan Reformed yeah, right. Theological. Right, Theological yeah. Seminary. I met him at G3. It was unbelievable. Yeah. He yeah. just, he's such a historian. That's Very awesome. cool. They have a, uh, right now, I think they have about 50 or 60 seats left. Okay. Um, we're partnering up with them. I know I'm going to be up there. I think yep. you're going to try to make it depending on your going work schedule try. and yep. family stuff, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Uh, it's in Allen Park, Michigan. So for all our listeners that are in Michigan, Ohio, even Indiana, not that far of a drive for you mm-hmm. to hear a wonderful historian, pastor, scholar, theologian, Dr. Joel Beek. It's during the Rice series. You can check it out at dbts.edu forward slash rice. Uh, we're going to link that up on the podcast and YouTube and all the social media. So you can click on that. It's free. Yeah. You know, uh, you want to hear him speak, uh, Dr. Joel Beek at G3, going to pay a couple hundred bucks and you got to travel to Atlanta to go exactly. to the national conference. Yeah. Or you can hook up with these guys. And you can listen to them for a few hours. I'm <laughs> few guessing. Hours. Lecture. Yeah, I th- when yeah, I, I think like I said last week, when you hear the word lecture, it's like, oh yeah. no. But yeah. no, this is good stuff. This is yeah. the stuff this is the stuff that's worth. Well the cool thing is it's yeah. like a it's kind of half day. It's like yeah. an eight AM yeah. to one PM. It's awesome. Then and that uh, is a that, Friday, right? I believe Friday. So. Yep, okay. Friday, March eighteenth. Okay. So check it out, guys. Yep. And we we are uh, happy to partner with them, but uh, we do have uh, Jake Loop in. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, sir? He's good, a pastor good. at North Monroe Street Church of God. He's a local Welcome. missionary. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the Lions Den, no. oh, Jake Loop. How are you, sir? Hey, hey, hey. It's great to be here. We have 250 people in studio yes, clapping we do. for Thanks us right Thanks for now. being yeah. here, everyone. <laughs> Live studio audience. Jake, before we well. get into it, uh, tell us a little bit about it yourself. Well, uh, born and raised in the area. All right. Uh, yeah, southeast Michigan. And been quite a few places. Ran from the Lord for a long time. Mm. Story that we can all relate to, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, well, many, yeah. Many of us, anyways. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, you know, my wife and I are uh, local missionaries here. Uh, the Lord brought us back to this area, our hometown, and basically uh, laid it on our hearts to become uh, missionaries to our hometown and to the, the local uh, area here. And so we've been pursuing that. And uh, our emphasis mainly is intercessory work, prayer. We do um, some pastoral and discipleship, things of that nature. But our main call is um, in intercessory and praying for the region, praying for the people of the area. And we also have a uh, house of prayer that, awesome. we, that we run and we operate. So right here, nice. in, right here in Monroe County, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit about your family because I know your wife, your kids. You got the cutest family yeah, ever. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're very blessed, very fortunate. We have uh, two kids, Liberty and Finn. Mm-hmm. And uh, Liberty's three. She'll be four in June. And Finn is one. He'll be two in October. So very they nice. keep us on our heels, and they're into everything and flying around. And yeah, as yeah. I'm sure you guys know, but it's so beautiful. Parenthood, man, is just uh, really opens your eyes to a lot of things that you were just completely oblivious to before you had kids. Absolutely. You know, I always say when you have children, it's almost like another common grace of God to reflect his glory back to you. You start to, well, first of all, they're little mirrors. 
So when, yeah. when they get a little older and they start doing things that you go, that's kind of annoying, and you go, oh, that's me. Yeah. I do that annoying thing. Right, right. Maybe I should uh, yeah. ship shape it up. Right. You know? But not only that, um, you know, the, the unconditional love you feel for your children yeah. and that desire of I would do anything for them and I just want to see them taken care of and, yeah. and you know, be close to God. That's how our Heavenly Father yeah. is to us, you yeah. know, and it's like, what a beautiful reflection in creation of uh, God, sh- you know, giving us that that kind of, that, that revelation and that wisdom, even in something as what we take for granted as parenthood. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. I heard someone say one time, as much as you love your children, God loves them infinitely more. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. You know, and that's like a, you know, we can't comprehend that. But yeah. that's a good thing to meditate on and to understand, like, especially when we're contending and believing and praying for our children for whatever it is and and kind of taking a moment to be like, Lord, you love my children more than I do, yeah. infinitely more than I do. Yeah. So um, it is, it's a blessing and it, and it opens your eyes to um, um, characteristics and attributes of God that you may not have been fully aware of before Amen. you had kids. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So before we get into newsy news and into our sub, sub, subject tonight, excuse me, uh, Jason and I, we kind of have a common theme. We're, we're a little crazy. We, we both own businesses and we do kind of side hustles and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, can I embarrass you and talk about your uh, passion with shoes for a minute? Yeah. Just because, <laughs> listen, now we're going to get into some serious stuff, Yeah, yeah. but this guy knows those sneakers. Uh, like nobody else. And it's, I haven't heard this story yet. I keep hearing that you're the sneaker guy, but oh, I don't know this. He knows it. I, I, and sneaker culture is so interesting okay. to me, but I just, uh, I don't know anything about it. And I'm like, I can't learn another yeah. thing and get into another thing. Yeah. My Puma high tops is about as far as I go. <laughs> yeah, I like right. them. Uh, but yeah. what what is this uh, sneaker obsession? Oh, and like, what do you like about it? I mean, I, I'm just a sucker for like subcultures in general. Yeah, I'm just uh, they fascinate me. Uh-huh. But then every once in a while, that subculture hits things that you really are passionate about and really interested mm. in. And so I just have always been a you know uh, a lover of shoes growing up. And it was probably I had an athletic background, basketball, so it could have be tied in there. But yeah, um, and then ultimately it just kind of evolved into a way to make some additional money for yeah, family. yeah. So and so you collect, you resell, you do no, all that stuff or no? Yeah, I don't collect and and. You know, for all the aspiring resellers out there, rule number one, don't buy in your own size. Mm. <laughs> is that what it there is? You go. <laughs> Why is that? Why can't you buy? Oh, because you, oh, you, you don't want to wear them. them. Yeah. 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 You'll wear them and then you won't sell them. Yeah. 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 So, um, oh, that's funny. So if I want some Jordans, I just got to come to you. Yeah. All yeah. right. You give me, a, give me a heads up right. and I, I can. So yeah. my, my Walmart shoes aren't, aren't in this uh, hey. category. Hey, I can't sell them. Yeah, they're anyone. probably not worth a whole lot on the secondary market, but <laughs> right, <laughs> your flip flops yeah, 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 yeah. from Gap that hey, were two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the frugal guy. You hey, know, that's I, I try to that. watch out for that. I yeah. fi- I just find the whole culture fascinating, especially since man, you go out there, and even in the last five or eight years, there are just so many cool looking designs, and yeah. then you got di- obviously some are going to you know hold value better than others that are mainstay brands, but even some of these secondary brands you just go, oh my. My gosh, man, they're getting so neat and yeah, intricate cool. and yep. one of a kind. I just don't understand and... the uh, the Kanye West Yeezy like, the the, the <laughs> shape of them. It yeah, just looks yeah. so crazy, but people love those yeah. things. Well, for they're some super. Reason. The one they're super comfortable. Really? Yeah. They, okay. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, and it's Jake's it's a Yeezy man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah, they're super comfortable, but also you know, anytime you know the word is silhouette, so anytime a new silhouette comes out, okay. People are either like, yes, we want that, or no, that's no, trash. Ran. No, that's yeah, trash. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that one just, that one just took that's off. That's crazy. That one hit, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll stick with my, uh, my boots and, uh, 
you know, my, 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 my slip on shoes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dude, I was a Vans guy for just so yeah, long because they were easy to slip so on. Easy. And I'm like, yeah, I got right? to change. Exactly. But, I love my Converse. Right. I, I'm just... The only thing I didn't like about that is just, you know, four and a half foot long shoelaces all mm. the time. I'm tucking them in. You know, it <laughs> yeah. feels like I'm putting on a knee boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. You know, I liked them though. Right, right. Yeah. You know? But with the Converse, you got to put a slip, uh, a slip on in. Like a, a shoe. Uh, <laughs> You're walking on cardboard? You get Yeah, because it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, that insole. I mean, because yeah. like, you remember back in the day, oh, yeah. that's what they wore when they play, played basketball. Yeah. I can't know? even fathom that. But I, I could not imagine. PF flyers breaking and rolling yeah. ankles? Yeah, man. In the ABA? Oh, gosh, I couldn't <laughs> oh, imagine. Cow. Yeah, man. But oh, I, yeah. I, lo- I love that you showed your age a little bit. You're like, hey, hey, man. you got to get Dr. Schultz right. in there if you want to <laughs> wear a shoe. Know, right? Now, hey. come on. I'm about to be 41 on Tuesday, so, uh, you know, you got to watch. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, it's true, though. It's true. Uh, I, sneezed, Actually, I sneezed two days ago and cracked my back in yeah, three right. places. Yeah, right. I'm not lying, dude. I was like, what was that? You come, oh, yeah, what the right. heck? Oh, do you want to tell you what I took the other day for Tom? You know, I took Tom's, and uh, no, I'm joking. I won't talk about that. Right Actually, uh, uh, forgot to bring up. I'm just going to say this on air. Okay. Let's just let's just sure. make sure this gets out there. Jake and I went to elementary school together. Manor Bobcats. Manor Bobcats, baby. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the Bash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Manor Bobcats, right. man. Oh, that's funny. Wow, yeah. you guys go back a ways then. No, yeah. I mean, we we didn't really. I mean, I don't think we really knew oh, each other. But Not really. Yeah, yeah. But I think we rode the bus. I was a little bit older, right? Yep. What grade was yeah. it? Man, like like was, elementary? It was elementary. elementary yeah. So yeah. you still yeah. had your beard then? Yeah, yeah, I totally had my beard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I had the mustache, and then I had the, uh, the dirty beard. There you, you know? go. There you go. <laughs> I started early. <laughs> That's great. Very cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's get into some newsy news. We only got one story for you tonight, but let's do it. News, the news, the newsy, newsy news, the news, the news, the newsy, newsy news, news. We got some news. Yes, we do. And it's only going to be one story, like yeah. I said. Um, we usually pull two or three for everyone, yeah. but yeah. obviously going on this week and when this uh, airs in a few days from when we're recording, it'll probably still be going on, but it's yeah. obviously what's been on our hearts is Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The uh, Well, they're calling it a war. I mean, he's inv- uh, Putin is, is invading sovereign nations. Yeah. Um, we've just seen all kinds of stuff coming out from that. Uh, your boy, uh, Elon Musk got his, uh, Starlink yeah, over there so they could a- actually get some so internet great. and communicate. Gosh, man. Um, which that and alo- that alone is blows my mind. There's Huge. a private citizen that owns a, yeah. uh, one, one guy, one yeah, guy. Yeah. And he's like yeah. helping he's like, geopolitics. Sure. I'm wondering if they don't sit him down and go, look at, yeah, stop, stop getting in the middle look of what uh, you can do, you know, look, international yeah. affairs. Right. Right. But it, but it, I mean, it's awesome that he can, you know, kind of, I mean, sure. Depending. I mean, but it seems like, seems like, and again, I'm not an Elon apologist. Yes, <laughs> I always sound you, like you this on this, Elon. on this episode, but man, I do love it. How he's like trying to actually do things for the world. And he's actually, I, I honestly came out and said like, he doesn't care about the money that he's yeah. making. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, he's the richest man on earth. But, uh, but you know, he's just like, I don't, I don't do this for that. I do this to help people, you know? Yeah. And you see that. So yeah. anyway. We but yeah, so I mean, we we're, we're not going to get uh, yeah, yeah. way deep into yeah. all of the uh, particulars the, yeah. because I'm not uh, smart enough or intelligent enough to probably lay it out. Me either. But you go back 20, 30 years and you see mm-hmm. Putin's, you know, he's, he, heck, he annexed Crimea's latest 2014 under Obama and he's he's had his eye on it. And unfortunately, I think he senses some weak leadership from other countries. And what we were talking about before air was... Gosh, man, it's such a big missionary presence in the Ukraine. 
Last week, our podcast broke the top 50 in Ukraine. So everyone listening in Ukraine, we appreciate you. We love you. We're thinking of you. We're praying for you. Um, But you have believers there. Uh You have non-believers there. You have missionaries there. Uh, You know, and Paul commands us, remember those that are in the mission field. Remember those that are in prison. Uh Uh, And war is not a fun thing. Actually, a a friend of mine who hosts a lot of my domains for my businesses, he's in Belarus, just north of Ukraine, right? Mm. I think that's Belarus. Belarus, Belarus yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's right on the border. Oh, wow. So uh, the night that uh, the morning that they started bombing, uh, he sent me video out of his apartment, and you could see the smoke. That's how close he is to that border. Oh, wow! And he's doing some reporting for the Monroe News here in Monroe County, but he's sending me back these videos, and I mean, he's right there. And he goes, "Yeah, it's 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 a war zone. It's buildings wow. are coming down, wow. and they're bombing things, and Jeez. they've uh, taken you know over some areas, and it's just." Uh, Man, if, if nothing else, I wanted to talk about this a little bit just to let people that are in that country, if they happen to come across this podcast, yeah. as believers, I think we can all agree that we're praying for them. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That we're, we're keeping yeah. them in our prayers. Um, the believers and non-believers, uh, yeah, both. Of course. Yeah, of you course. know, that, that was a big thing for me, uh, even when the Iraq war, Iraqi freedom and all that was going on is... Man, war tears apart families. Uh, I, I really didn't like the fact of us going in and, and you know droning innocence when we thought that they made a phone call to someone. You know, this is getting into political stuff, but even the party that I you know belonged to, the political mm-hmm. party, did not like the fact that I disagreed with some of that stuff. Just because you go, why does there have to be bloodshed and families yeah. torn apart, right. and mothers and fathers killed, and that's what's going to be happening here. Oh, so yeah. we really need to lift those guys up in prayer. Yeah. I would say, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do we see an end to this? Do you think it's going to be a short thing? I know a lot of our, uh, you know, we put up something yeah. about our pre-mill dispensation. Right, it's like, it's right. begun. It's yeah, the yeah, end of the exactly, world. Yeah. I have a little bit different of an eschatology on that, that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's definitely something that's a huge shift in the world. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, the thing that, you know, you start to think about is just like, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of, of NATO and uh, the treaties that have been signed, but like, this is a humanitarian type situation. You know, these are, yeah. these are human lives. These are men, women, and children, like you're like you're saying. And you know, there there have been a couple of videos that have been fake that have been put up that we've seen, but there have been some some real heart wrenching videos that you see of children, you know, yeah. leaving their dads and families being torn apart. And it's like, you know what, man, like these guys are standing up, you know, to tyranny, like for real. Yeah. You know, like like yeah. I know I know the 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 jab and the virus stuff is is horrible, you know, but what Putin is doing, I mean, this is like, this is next level. I mean, like to hear that there's people dying over there for a man to build his tower, you know, like this, this is just horrible. So, uh, but yeah, I think I I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Yeah. And what's frustrating about it is they've, they've had a long, long history of corruption Mm. in Ukraine. Uh, they've been democratic since I think 94, 96. Okay. Uh, but even then they were buying votes and it was all just kind of on the face, yeah. right? Oh, we have three branches of government. We have a constitution and right. the prime ministers and the presidents, they would you know be in cahoots. And, mm. and they just got in the last few years to a president and his name's uh, slipping my mind to where it, it seemed a little more on the up yeah. and up yeah. and the people mm. were behind him. I mean, even uh, Joe Biden offered to fly him out of there and he said, I need weapons. I don't mm. need a plane ride out of my country. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. stand here and defend with yeah. my people. And I'm wondering if Putin saw that and said, "Oh man, they're they're basically on the right track." Right. Uh, you know, Romans 13 talks about righteous governments. Yeah. Uh, God instituted righteous governments. If you have a righteous government, it will uh, produce uh, good things, mm-hmm. right? 
And uh, when you have a righteous government, it says the unjust is punished. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe that's what Putin saw too and said, well, now's my time to move maybe with who's in, pre- who's in office here. Right. You've got a president there that's not putting up with his, you know, his yeah. bullying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it could become very serious. Have you been following it at all, Jake? Or yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's been an interesting story. And, you know, the, the first thing that uh, is really eye-opening to me here in, in America and in the West, it's like <clears throat> there's been such a war over the media and the news. Mm. And when when this began to happen, my first thought was, okay, like I need to, I want to find out what's happening. And then you're like, where do How? I go? Where, How? Where, yeah, where who can I, I trust? Who can I trust? Right. Yeah. And right. now there's all of these narratives that are coming out. Obviously, Putin invading Ukraine. But then now you have these competing, if you want to call them competing narratives coming out about Kalinsky, the president of Ukraine and how he's tied in with, you know, all of these, you know, I won't go there, but your, your favorite um, conspiracy theorist people, yeah. how he's tied into all these. So you have all these um, mainstream media pushing all of these narratives and, and you really have to, you know, dig and look yeah. and, um, you know, do your due diligence. Otherwise you'll just be swept up into someone else's narrative, you know, and we, you know, we do sets at um, the house of prayer on Friday nights. And that's, that's what we did. We prayed for Ukraine and um, the believers there that, you know, God would move them and that they would have, um, you know, boldness and courage in the face of yeah. really, really staring down life and death, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it, it's just, I think it's a situation that we have very little paradigm or grid for, and we'll probably go into the talking about it tonight, but we have very little grid or paradigm for in the West. Yeah. If any at all. If we mm-hmm. even truly understand it. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of crazy because the older I get and the more things you go through and then, you know, and you see the, the world uh, go through these iterations and things. And then even with this whole disinformation and kind of uh, propaganda, propaganda and, stuff yeah. over the last three to five years, I just go, as a believer, it feels like the Great Commission is even that much more true. Shouldn't we just kind of put our head down? make disciples of nations, preach yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And it's like, does it really... Because, ma- I mean, I know a lot of believers that love to get into the end time stuff. They love to get into the conspiracy stuff, and it goes, yeah. but does that change the Great Commission for me? Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. a conspiracy or not, shouldn't I just be... My main goal is to preach the gospel and disciple nations, right? right? And if that's if that's our commission as believers, then... Yeah, we might have a we we might have a thinking of we would like Ukraine to be free so we could go there and do that easier, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the commission doesn't change if they're under a communist or a Soviet or a, you know any type of certain right. rule. Uh, that's why we have Christians ha- being beheaded in China uh, year yeah. after year after year. It's an underground church because they've taken the commission to heart and they said, yeah, it doesn't really matter who's in power or what elites are deciding uh my job is to disciple nations and preach the gospel so it's like i don't know i don't know if that's just getting older i I, sometimes it sounds like an excuse not to pay attention to the small details i'm not saying that i think that's important right we should be wise as uh, serpents and gentle as doves but at the same time uh man it all that doesn't matter you know go let's go read ecclesiastes when he says it's all it all doesn't matter Mm -hmm. there's one there's one god there's one gospel there's one commission and I think that's really what we should be yeah. aiming for, in, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, no. I agree with that. And I think it's important. Um, if we don't know what the Lord has called us to, um, you know, as as an individual, there's obviously the general will, the general purpose of God for, for all believers, but also specifically what the Lord is asking us and inviting us into. And we, we will just get swept up into, you know, Lord knows what. And and even even referencing to your point, good things. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we can get so busy doing good things mm. that yeah. we actually never do the thing 
that the Lord has asked us to do. And I yeah. think that that that's really can be an indictment on, you know, I'm not trying to pick on the Western church, but on the Western church, we build all these things and we, yeah. we you know, do provide these programs. These yeah, we yeah. do and do yeah. and we do and we do. And it's like, well, what really is important when it comes to the gospel? What, what really has the Lord commanded us? What really does scripture command us to do? And specifically, what is your role? What is your, um, you know, gifting your invitation from the Lord to do and to partake in um, what Scripture invites us and commands yeah. us to do? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I heard a preacher once say, and it stuck with me. This is probably fifteen years, and he said, uh, "There's a lot of good things that aren't godly." That's right. Meaning, there's a lot of good things that aren't righteous and holy. He said it was the tree of good and evil, not the tree of holiness and yeah. evil. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of things that you can fill your life up with that are good, That's right. Right. but not necessarily righteous, holy, and godly. Yeah. Uh, and I think those are dis- distractions. I would agree with you when you're talking about the Western church. And once again, we don't want to pick on them. Yeah. Jason and I do that enough here yeah, on this we podcast. Do. Yeah, we, we don't just... do it out of a place of hypocrisy or condescending, but it's like a wake up call. Yeah. Let's, let's get to the real thing here. Um, you, you know, when, when we say things like we want to see less pastors and more disciples, it's not because we hate pastors. I want to see people discipling people. I want that friend that comes to your church, 90% of the way they're discipled, looking at your life going, why are you different? Uh, you don't know, have a basis of understanding. I don't bring people to church so my pastor can save them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's the job of the pastor. I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, and we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's kind of what the Western Christian church does too. We do some good things, you know, air quotes, good things, maybe, you know, feed the homeless, uh, you know, help the poor. Those are all things we should be doing mm-hmm. as Correct. believers, right? Yeah, right? Absolutely. But then we go, okay, and then put our two hours in at church and go back to living as uh as you know, almost as atheists, yeah. almost as no one in prayer. You know, you're a house of prayer. Uh, you know, Martin Luther's famous quote was, "I don't trust any Christian that doesn't pray four hours a day." Now he had some issues too yeah. with being a little bit <laughs> judging, right? Yeah. Uh, especially towards the end of his life. We won't get into that. Yeah. But he was making a point of, uh, "Are we in really? Are we in communication with God?" Which um, you know, I love the fact that you, you said we're missionaries and we focus on intercessory prayer. Gosh, I think this world could be turned upside down if Christians, especially in the Western Western Church Christians understood the power of actually being in prayer for extended periods of time. Yeah, I, uh, instead of that yeah. two minute prayer in the morning, God, I love you at night with your kids, and then you go about your day. I mean, it'd be insane if I didn't talk to my wife for twenty three and a half hours yeah. out of a twenty four hour day. Right. Just ignored her, living yeah. in the house with her. Yeah, and I talked to her twice yeah. for two minutes each. Right, you know, yeah. uh, why we do that with God. I don't know, but uh, I'm so thankful for you and in, in having that uh, that focus mm-hmm. on yeah. prayer. I think it's very yeah. important. It is, and it's just um, to your point. It, you're going back to almost the atheist statement. It, you know, there are many professing Christians who are actually practical atheists. Yeah, and, well, I like that. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. and, and and what I mean by that is their life gives you know no room or no reflection of the Lord, even though you are a professing Christian, mm-hmm. and even though you know, you, like you said, you put your time in on Sunday or whatever it might look like. But you know, when we hold that in light of um, Scripture, in light of what we read in the Bible, in light of you know, if we really want our hearts to be convicted, like you referenced earlier, in light of the church in the Middle East, in light of the church, the underground church in China, mm-hmm. yeah, you know where. Um, I, I just heard a story not long ago where you know they have these they have missionary training grounds in the under church in China underground church in China and they they buy them one way tickets to the Middle East right. because because the expectation is you're going to go you're going to preach the gospel you're going to share the gospel and it's probably going to cost you your life wow and on the way when you're getting executed you're going to yes share the gospel with yep. your executioner yeah, yeah. I heard I mean that, that that's yeah. just uh it's crazy you know it convicts it convicts my heart yeah. and, it's, and it's like yeah. 
you know, we just have a, everybody, you know, I'm, like I said, we're not trying to pick on everybody, but we just need the church in America. And because I know the church in America, that's why I'm talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, right. I, I'm not, yeah. we don't know the church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we, we, we need to wake up, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things as to why we are in the place that we're mm-hmm. in, you know what I mean? Which is a lot of that goes to, you know, poor theology, um, you know, leaders that may not have, have had the best intentions, mm-hmm. you sure. know, all of these things, personal yeah. discipline, oh, yeah. you know, you fill in the blanks, right? We could go off. And, Even and emphasis on the wrong things, maybe, yeah, uh, not necessarily ungodly things, but the emphasis maybe on the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. So um, I know that, that and, and to tie all that up, when we, when we really commit to spending time before the Lord in prayer, that's when the Lord reveals those things in our heart. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and and begins to work and begins to to purify our heart, you know, and so that's what yeah. the Lord is after: those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Yeah. yeah. So, what started this whole episode? Let's get into it for a little bit. Uh, I was sent a clip of uh, you speaking at your church, and it just the way you phrased it uh, just really rung true with me. You were talking about suffering, and you said something to the effect of you were talking out of I believe First Peter four, and I tried to pull the audio on it, but that keyboard player, she was that, that audio was loud, man. She was still going strong when you were talking, so I couldn't really. Grab that, and God bless her. I'm a keyboard player, too. When, I, when I'm in the middle of worship, I might play a little too loud, too, but that's okay. Uh, but you said something to the effect of, you know, this is the only time we have, our, our time of suffering here on earth um, is really the only time we have to really glorify God. When we get into glory, uh, that time will be over. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can say it a little bit better, but um, talk. can you talk about that, what you said in that clip a little bit, and then that'll give us our jumping off point into talking about suffering tonight. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I just... Um, basically, was, I just gave an exhortation, um, and, and like Greg said, out of First Peter. And by, was, by the way, really quick, when you said exhortation, you had me. No yeah, one right. uses that word anymore properly. <laughs> it's always I have a word from God. Okay, that's fine, but an exhortation. I just love that word. It's an uplifting. It's a building. It's a. Um, yeah. And what did you? Okay, I'm gonna give you props again here too. I'm not being judging to anyone else, but you said I have an exhortation, and what's the first thing you did? You went right to the Word of God. Yeah. Before you started saying what you know, yeah. your opinion, yeah. it was like, "Here's the foundation." So, anyone listening, if you got an exhortation out there, start with the <laughs> word of God. Don't start with your uh, your dog joke. You know, <laughs> right. don't don't tell us about your dog. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry, sorry. you were in a group oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had yeah. to interrupt you and tell you that. Uh, yeah. So, um, it, in it, the whole premise of in that moment giving that exhortation was, if, if we're not prepared, you know, to face. Um, Suffering and suffering in, in in like we were talking uh, before the show started. Whatever that looks like, you know, it can look it looks different for every person. Um, but ultimately, if if we're not prepared and understand the beauty of suffering that actually molds us into the image of Christ, then we will miss the opportunity. And like you referenced, that opportunity, this life is the only time that we have that opportunity mm. is to actually walk through the suffering and the hardship and the trial that life brings that we would actually be molded into the image of Christ. And because like you said, once we die and we stand before the Lord, you know, that opportunity is gone. And I think sometimes, you know, we just, we're basically stuck in this this um, prayer cycle of get me out of this, get me out of this, yeah. get me out of this, instead of asking the Lord, what are you showing me? What are you teaching me? you know, how are you refining me? How are you Mm. pruning me in this, you know, whatever it is that we're going through. And, you know, um, I grew up, you know, I know that this, this will get you guys going. I I grew up (laughs) hardline Pentecostal. Okay. Hardline Pentecostal, religious hardline Pentecostal. And so, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, just funky theologies there, a lot of um, emotionalism and uh, all of those things. We got some on the reform side too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all oh, about yeah. Yeah, yeah. biblical moderation. Yeah, exactly. washer. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm joking. Hey, how dare you? How dare you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we don't need to fight. Yeah, people will come. Eighteen hundred people just tuned yeah, out. Just, know, people, I'm just Washington. joking, everyone. Yeah. People will come for you in the comments. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Jake. yeah so, um, but anyway, it's just working through some of that. Um, you know, I don't want to call it false theology, but just things like to your point earlier, where maybe the emphasis was in the wrong place, where we're highlighting the wrong um, things, where we're spending our time, where we're spending our money, where we're um, placing our effort and our energy. Mm. And so um, I, I just think it's very important that we understand that uh, the entire purpose of our life is to be molded into the image of Christ. Correct. Period. Yeah. And so, and, and everything else is a byproduct. I heard, I heard a, a pastor say one time, Christianity is beholding Jesus. When we read the Bible, it is to behold Jesus. When we worship, it is to behold Jesus. When we when we preach, when we teach, it is to behold Jesus, and that others would behold Jesus. And so, um, when we do that, I think it, it it puts us in the mind frame and in the proper heart posture of saying, Jesus, even if this suffering, even if this hardship that I'm going through, if it molds me into your image, I'm in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, f- for me. It's a f- it's it's one of my favorite references when you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm. and they say, "My God will save me." My God can save me, but even if he doesn't, yeah. I just love that caveat. Those words. Those words. You even know? if. Even if he doesn't. Why did they yeah. say that? They they yeah. knew he would save. They 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 had full. They yeah. had a hundred percent faith. Right. If you're a you know if if you're a faith preacher, they didn't have. They had it. He will. He can. But even if he doesn't, and that's and that was the faith is it doesn't matter. My life is in his hands. Whatever yeah. whatever type of uh, suffering I go through, and Jason and I were talking about this mm-hmm. before the show too. Like that shows up in a lot of different ways, and I don't want to belittle some of that when we say, "Oh, there's people in prison and dying for the faith." I get that, but also like you were saying, there's there's financial hardship yeah, that's yeah. real. Yeah. There's yeah. emotional hardship that's real. Mm-hmm. There's uh, you know, physical. there's physical hardships. Yeah. It's just yeah. not about physical healing and things like that. Right. Uh, one of the one of the biggest issues I have with kind of the faith healers is just automatically assuming right. that God wants them healed right there at that moment at that time right. when there could be all kinds of issues behind that. Mm-hmm. Now we we see Christ uh, work through some stuff with people before He healed and after. Um, and, and it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's his will, not our will type thing, but there's all kinds of hardships yeah. that we go through. Like you were saying, Jason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I remember a, uh, a movie that I saw a few years ago called finger of God. I think it was the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end I saw this girl, um, after all these people had been, you know, either healed or, or, you know, whatever, whatever may have happened there, uh, placebo effect or whatever, but she was still in her wheelchair and, uh, she just, you know, she didn't understand why, like why that was happening to her yeah. you know, in that moment is, is what was kind of coming through, you know, what she was saying. And it was just, I'm just sitting there going, man, the things that the church, I'm, and again, <laughs> I'm not pointing the finger at, uh, at everyone here, but, but certain uh, sectors of the church uh, have just given this false, you know, caveat of, Hey, you're supposed to be healed, you know, and and it's like it turns into a works based, you know. What did I not do right? Sure. What yeah. did I not do right to have a baby? You yeah. know, why yeah. can't I have a baby, God? What did I do? Yeah. You know, why can't I get out of this wheelchair? What did I do to you? You know, why am I broke? Why can't I take care of my brother 
if he's in need, if he needs to go to Ukraine to help out, why can't I, you know, like, and it, and it, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of I questions there, but it's like, you know, you, you get into that mode if you don't realize that, you know, if you're, if you're in that Valley, so it's, it's okay. You know, like, yeah. and, oh, read and the Psalms, man. yeah, yeah. I mean, from David, to, I mean, <laughs> right. Every, every, I mean, we get could go all the way through this yeah, every two minutes scriptures, but, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's just one of those, one of those incredible, um, uh, I don't know, just just things that happens in in the church, and it, and it just kind of saddens you too that that maybe certain people haven't been shown. Hey, when you're in that valley, praise him. Try yeah. that, like try yeah. that in that suffering, you know. Um, uh, and and if you do ask for grace to get out of it, guess what? You you might be back in it to learn the rest of that lesson because I've yeah. been there. Yeah, you know, yeah. like sure. I'll get out of that valley, and all of a sudden I'm like, all right. Everything's cool. And then all of a sudden, God's just like, hold on a second. There's a couple of things you didn't realize. Yeah. You know? But uh, but anyway. Yeah. What, what do you guys think about this? Let me ask you, because I've been following this for a long time. I feel like we might be trending that way more, more towards mm. a more biblical truth of praising him and glorifying him in our suffering, which yeah. I think is more biblical than God doesn't ever want you to suffer. He doesn't ever yeah. want you to be sick. He doesn't ever, right? Yeah. Um, just, just in like mainstream evangelicalism, just from like worship songs coming out, uh, sermons that I'm seeing from people that I that I you know maybe formerly didn't really align with, I feel like we're trending mm-hmm. that way a little bit. I, do you guys think I that? See, I mean, I, see I think the Reformation there's still going to be the happening. crazies out there. We're still yeah, going to have Kenneth yeah, Copeland yeah. talking about tube demons and right, right. in the airplane, and hey, you need to say Creflo Dollar and those guys, and right. I don't know where you stand on those, but we, we we don't like it when you're bilking people in the name of God, and that's where that's where at least I uh, stand on that. Yeah. But um, I feel like overall, and I don't know what it is. I think I do know what it is. I think anytime you have uh, believers coming under persecution, that is a, like you were saying, that is a process of refinement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Church yeah. has always survived under persecution. There's a little bit of me that goes, we see all this stuff. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. They're coming down on Christians. And I go, this might be the greatest reformation and revival yeah. of the Western Christian church we've seen in 200 years. Mm-hmm. If we just get a little persecution, yeah. if we just get a little non-privilege, right. uh, because we've had it too good for too long. And sometimes I think that puts us in a place of David counting his men, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I mean, go go take a census. Yeah. I did that. Next thing, boom, he falls. And it's yeah. like, because it's, it's not about us. I mean, but do you feel like that? I mean, I don't know. You're probably more connected to the being in, uh, being a pastor and, you know, kind of in that, in that mainstream kind of evangelicalism and keeping tabs and all that. Does it feel like we're kind of trending a little more towards that? Look at, yeah, we are to praise him in our suffering. Yeah. You yeah. know, or yeah. no, am I just, no, no, you, I, <laughs> am I way I out there? I, or, no, I, or is I, that just wishful thinking I mean, on my I, part? I definitely think we're in judgment, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, mean, I agree wholeheartedly a, with what you're a good, saying. For a good thing. You know, and to your point, you have to make a decision. Ultimately, you know, if you walk with the Lord, if you're a professing Christian for long enough and you walk and you go through things and you see things in your community and your family and your church and your church family and all these things, ultimately, if you're honest with yourself, you have to ask yourself those questions. You have to walk through that and you have to say, okay, we're at a moment here where things are difficult, whether it's personally, whether it's in your family, whether it's, you know, the nation or the nations at large. And you begin to ask these questions. Is, is, is God still who he says he is? Yeah. Mm. Is, right. the, yeah. is is the word of God still true? Yeah. Am I going to believe that? Or, which you're also seeing this in mass, to your point, am I going to get offended and bitter because God didn't do or act or in a manner sure. in which I thought right. he should or did, and, and I'm going to get mad at these people and this people and this leadership, et cetera, and then I'm going to you know, kind of drift away and really be led into delusion. And um, yeah. 
you know, because the scripture in Thessalonians, it says that because they loved not the truth. Mm-hmm. There, there's a difference between um, people understanding and receiving truth and then using that truth, like uh, specifically scripture, to just to just beat people over the head with and pound people into submission and prove your arguments, right? Yeah. That, that, that's, you know, the Bible is true. But there's also a place where you can actually love the truth. You have it in your heart. You have a love for the truth that's pure and it's holy unto the Lord. And, it, and, and the scripture says, be, because, which this, this right here will ruin a lot of people's theology, because they did not have a love for the truth, God sent them. God sent them a strong delusion, you know? And so there's a point where we really have to rubber meets the road and what we read things in scripture, we read the Bible and we're like, I don't like that. Yeah. My opinion's different than that. I don't agree with that. And are you going to submit to God's word or are you going to bend that thing until it fits, you know, your lifestyle or your preference or your opinion? And to, to, to finish up on your point, I think by the, the hand of God, he's saying, okay, we're no longer doing that. Mm. Like yeah. you're going to come into alignment with, with my word yeah. and you're going to hide it in your heart that you would not sin against me. Or you're going to you're gonna have a lot of hardship, a lot of problems. You're going to find a lot of offense, a lot of bitterness, all of these things that we've all encountered, that we've all seen, that we've all had to work through in our own heart. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I, I think you're 100% correct. And I think it's it's being done by the hand of the Lord. Yeah. The, the, the scariest verse in the Bible to me is Matthew seven twenty three. Depart from me, you work, you work of iniquity. Yeah. I never, never knew, knew you. you. Yeah. Like, yeah. And to uh, your point too, I heard a pastor say years ago, if you're using theology like a sledgehammer and not a scalpel, you don't understand theology at all. Good. Yeah. And it really, it really pricked my heart. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was in my, uh, Cage geez, stage. I was in my <laughs> late twenties closet, kind of cage stage, like, I'm going to tell everyone the <laughs> truth and they need to know it because I love the truth. Mm-hmm. And did you love the truth because you love the truth? Yeah. Or did or you, you love like the truth because you wanted to argue. be right? Yeah. You wanted That's to argue? Right. You right. wanted to seem smarter? Right. You wanted to have the last word? And the Lord really had to remove that from me. I mean, I think we have to do everything in grace, like mm-hmm. like you were saying, too. But you just made me think, too, man, it's like, I do not envy people in ministry if they call themselves a shepherd or a pastor or a minister, because the level of offense with the sheep, it's like, if you don't say the right thing or do the right thing, they're like, I'm out of here, yeah. I'm leaving the church, and then they go talk about you. It's like, and this isn't going to, I don't want to start, you know, just dogging on people that are that are doing that, but it's like, golly, we're in a culture right now, like you said, that is that is so uh, ready for offense. Oh, you know, yeah. and you said that's like just the, you kind of just pick and choose what you want to read in the Bible to where Christ was like he was the one that is is the one man God that should uh, should never have. Uh, uh, had anything come against him, and he still didn't take offense. How much more should we, uh, in our sin, when someone offends us, forgive, right. and we're commanded to? And uh, boy, man, that that's another one too. I know it's kind of off the subject of suffering, but it's like just ready to be offended at yeah, any yeah. time. Yeah. Christians and non-Christians, believers right. and non-believers. It's it's insane right now yeah. how it's like, yeah. boom, right Social to offense. Social media, man. Oh, that's yeah. part of it too, yeah. right? You can say um, one little thing. I mean, it could be about a cheeseburger. Somebody's just gonna <laughs> right. get after you. Yeah. About- <laughs> I think Are you serious? <laughs> five guys, five guys, really? <laughs> you like the Impossible Whopper? You hippie? Yeah, yeah. You know, I eat meat. You know, it's, it yeah, never yeah. ends. But I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier in the episode too about prayer. Like, if you spend any amount of time before a all righteous, all holy, sovereign God who's fully just, fully loving, all those things, 
and you're spending time in his presence and prayer, it is really hard to come out of that and then be instantly offended yeah, because of sure. who you were just in the presence of. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, maybe that's the reflection of the culture too, of just, we are not in communion mm-hmm. with Christ like we should be. Yeah. Uh, and then that, that offense is that offense is built up, which, you know, even goes into what, what I'm looking at when you see a lot of feeling forward stuff, mm. you know, if I feel a certain way, it's like, well, Jeremiah tells us that our heart's deceitful among all things. Don't trust yeah, it. Yeah. Don't look at it. Don't, don't trust your feelings. <laughs> it's the, it's the biggest sinner you have. Yeah. And yet everything is very, this is how I feel. And emotions are good. God created them. All that. Yeah. Want to put that precursor in there. Sure. We'll get hate mail going. Yeah, you yeah. guys hate it when people <laughs> cry or, or laugh or yeah, yeah. no. I have experienced no. joy and sadness and anger and all those things, and the Lord has provided those emotions for us. Uh, the, the object is to reflect that and you know bring glory to mm-hmm. Him and all those things. But it's just, um, yeah, the, the the culture of of offense and then suffering. It's like we, I feel like we're just so in far left field. And is it because we just have too much good? I mean, we got yeah. it so good here, right? In relation to other right. globally, let's take every country yeah, and look at yeah. it, not just my state, my county, my uh-huh. like against the backdrop of history and the and the globe. Yeah, we've yeah. got it pretty darn good still as Christians in America, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And does that does that like skew our kind of our perception of what suffering is? I feel like we're so we got we got everything we want. Yeah. Our suffering is like I didn't get approved for that loan for that. Fifty thousand car I can't afford. Fifty thousand dollar car I can't afford. Yeah, God, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, yeah. That's right. an extreme example, but it's like, is that you know what I mean? Is that really suffering? Is it yeah. really suffering? Right. It's like right. I don't know, man. It's yeah. like well, one one other one other thing I also wanted to touch on. I know it's I know we're getting um, yeah, it's uh, flying by. Um, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's already been forty four minutes. Um, uh, something that 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 I've been noticing more and more. And uh, Greg and I were talking about this again earlier. And uh, Jake, maybe you could. Uh, kind of touch on it, but men in the church being afraid of those feelings that he just talked about. Mm. Men being afraid to be like, you know, I'm not doing good. You know, men that are afraid or just push aside those things that are really going on in their marriage, in their life, their, you know, like their secret day sin, day, their secret sin, their or, offense, you know, all their, that, their job, you know, maybe they're about to get fired or, you know, they sure. don't know what's happening. Not measuring you know? up. Yeah. Or maybe whatever standard going on with their kids or made, whatever yeah. it is, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just really would love to see people have more, uh, community in that, like men coming together yeah. And, you know, being able to to share those things and walk through those things yeah. rather than feeling like they need to go through that with a hard head and yeah. a hard heart, you know, because, yeah, um, I mean, suffering, it, it, it's hard to walk through by yourself, yeah. you know, for, for one. And, you know, and I we're mean, not called to as believers. Yeah, either. We're not, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Is there are, are there things that you've seen within the community with that, yeah, we, um, um, yeah, our our church started, um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't start it. I was there, but I didn't start it. But we had a, you know, just to answer your question about the desire and the need for that. Mm-hmm. Both there is a need, and there actually are men that are that are like this. And, and they started our um, men's ministry last night. They kind of kicked it off again last night after you know a long pause, mm-hmm. and there was like sixty five guys there. Wow. You know what I mean? And it and it's a um, it's a testament to. One, the I believe the pressure and you know the frustrations that men are feeling. Yeah. But also on a spiritual side, you know, it's an ultimate strategy of the enemy. Yeah. You know, if you, if from a from a multitude of fronts, but ultimately, if you attack the husband, if you attack the father, then 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 really the rest kind of disintegrates. Yeah. 
you know, and then from a spiritual perspective, and I know this is a testimony of my, you know, I was raised by my mom. So really rough relationship with my father. Um, we're since reconciled, but growing up, I didn't have that. Mm. And so, you know, like when I was born, when I became born again, like Jesus, I was cool with Holy Spirit. I was cool with, but when they began to talk about, and when I began to read about the attributes and the nature of God, the father, I'm like, I can't relate to that. Mm. Yeah. I I don't know what that is. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I have no paradigm or no grid for that. Yeah. And so, and I think that there are many, many men who are out there, even if you had a father in the home who was just absent or, you know, you fill in the blank that um, ultimately, whether, whether we're conscious of it or not, we project that. Oh, we, we we project, we view God, the father through our earthly father, through the prism Mm -hmm. of how we related to our fathers. Absolutely. Yeah. Most Christians do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is really rough thing because uh, God can't be compared to an earthly father, first of all, in that that sense. But it's like, so we'll, we'll take it. Like you were saying, we'll, we'll take, well, my dad was stern. God's stern. He stands yeah. for, you know, yeah. law and order and justice and all. And he does. Yeah. But if you, you know, or an over loving father, right? Yeah. Oh, God's all love. And you go to these extremes by seeing God, the father, who's all those attributes equally. Yeah. And we, and we kind of exaggerate one of those because our earthly yeah. father is that way. Yeah. I think that's a, that's, that's a real issue. But to Jason's point, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think God made us man and woman unique, yeah. different. That's yeah. uh, not popular to say now. Right. Uh, you know, in this culture, but it's like, I think men suffer a little differently than women and women suffer a little differently than men. I think that's why it is good to have groups and uh, ministries and things that are, that are, that are, you know, focused on the different sexes. Right. Right. Um, Because I think there is an extra added cultural pressure, right? Like, dude, if you're a guy and you got a family and you're the head of your house and all this, you can't be, you're not supposed to, actually it can't be, you're not supposed to be running around talking about, oh, I feel down. I feel depressed. I don't know if I can get through this. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, you are. That's what the Bible says. Go to one another in fellowship, right? Not only confess our sins, but can, but, but talk about your, your troubles and how can we glorify God in this situation? How can I disciple you and you disciple me in iron sharpening iron? And I think that's a big thing on suffering too, especially for men. Most of our listeners are probably men. I think it last time Mm -hmm. I checked. And so if you're listening right now, that's another thing to where it's like, you can't let the culture pressure you into acting a certain way. That's outside of how a biblical man is supposed to act. Yeah, that's right? right. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes I feel like we've said it a lot of times we sometimes allow the gospel to bow to the culture when yeah. in fact it's the culture that bows to the gospel. That's right. You know, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, where we kind of misinterpret or take parts of the Bible. We ah, I like this, I don't like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cherry picking, yeah. right? Deconstruction you know I mean? movement. Like, you know, yeah, uh, talking about. But I think that's a big component of it too. Of of being uh, of suffering is also falling into the cultural trap of how you're supposed to respond. Yeah. The suffering. And, and here's the reality. If we, if men in general, if we put all of our struggles and, um, you know, sin issues in the middle of the table, they would all be the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Really close. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, sure. There would be some, you know, um, details that are different or whatever, but it's like, it's just that, that hurdle, that first step of getting over, um, you know, being vulnerable enough to expose yourself to, yeah. you know, and that's, the, that's the beauty and the importance of community and why we desperately need it. Why scripture is like, you don't do this alone. Yeah. You know, like if you think about God himself, God himself exists, Father, Son, and Spirit. Yeah. You know, and it's like, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He could have did it any way he wanted. And 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 that's the call to community in us. We're, we're social creatures by design. Yeah. You know, and I'm an introvert by nature, but I know like when I, sometimes I start to get, you know, a certain way, I'm like, okay, I need to get around people. 
have a conversation <laughs> yeah. and, and like be edified and be encouraged, yeah. you know? And so, um, you give my out. wife a good book and the house to herself, yeah. she may never come out. She, <laughs> and I'm like, why haven't we done anything in two hours? Yeah. I'm extreme yeah. extrovert. She's yeah. extreme introvert. Yeah. And that's right. But noticing that, like, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but like yeah. understanding your personality and you know, my wife, we talk about this all the time because she's like, when you become a new creature in Christ, that's why we don't really take stock in those personality tests and things like that. Like you are a new creature. Yeah. He takes those personalities that he gave you, those gifts, those things. And we, and we do it onto the glory of God. We, you know what I mean? We don't yeah. try not to go to those extremes anymore. The extreme introvert, the extreme extrovert, yeah. um, which I don't know if I can say anything. I started a dang podcast where we talk for hours every week, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because and you're go, extrovert and I am more of an introvert. <laughs> a little than, more, yeah. Yeah. but it works. it works. I know, right? Somehow. Yeah. It's nice because uh, when Jason uh, says something, everyone listens. To introverts. I don't I've noticed that. that. Like when my <laughs> wife says something, everyone peeks. Oh, yeah. which, okay. Yeah. And it's usually wise. She's a very wise woman. But at the same time, I go, oh gosh, I wish I people would listen to me when I talk. Like you're always talking. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. why would we listen? You say ten thousand words a minute when the and it's biblical. It's pro, you know yeah. in Proverbs, Proverbs. Like, yeah, yeah. right? Many like, words and sin is not absent. Oh man, it's a blessed Lord. Thanks for calling me out, Jake. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but it's like, but I think that's part of suffering too. Is like understanding your weaknesses and things like that. Mm. Like you said, if all men came together, mm. we'd probably have a lot of the same stuff. Um, but recognizing those deficiencies uh, in our walk too, I think can help eliminate some of that suffering. I think we haven't That's touched true. on this yet and we'll wrap it up here shortly, mm-hmm. but like we don't talk about the pragmatic part of sometimes we cause our own sufferings yeah. Yeah. because we're walking outside of the will of God. Yeah. yeah. And we go, yeah. why did this happen? And God's going, it ha- well, here, yeah. I gave you a whole book that tells you yeah. why it happened you, right there. You, yeah. You're not being attacked by, by the devil. You just make bad decisions. <laughs> just, right. <laughs> That's a good meme. I think we put that meme up. Is it a meme? I, I, put, okay. one, I put one up. It's on sometimes our, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, sometimes yeah. I think yeah. people like to blame the devil. Yeah, oh, the yeah. devil. Oh, the devil. It's like, well, no, you, you made no, a decision. You walked on was, ice, and that's why you felt. That's the consequence, right? That's so there's there's some of that too when we're addressing that of uh, and that's why I said like we said the great commission at the very beginning the like discipleship is so important man yeah like uh, you know the world calls it mentorship Christ Christ said disciple first then preach the gospel mm. it's crazy how we put that order on it mm. now, I'm not saying that technically means one's more important than the other but I find it a little funny that it's disciple preach the gospel mm. what does that mean yeah. wouldn't it be preach the gospel then dis- no go out and and disciple and teach. Yeah. And reflect my and reflect who I am, like you were saying, right? Yeah. Like, behold me, man. If we just got to that point, uh, the preaching the gospel part is the easy part. Then, well, he's already yeah. living the life; he's already yeah. reflecting Christ, and that's kind of how I've been with like proselytizing and things like that. Like, I'm just not a big shove it down your throat kind of in your face. And I, look, I love my street preachers. I love that's what mm. they're doing. We, we yeah. had guys on okay. that do yeah. the end abortion now and all uh-huh. that, and they're on the corner and they do it graciously. But at the same time, it's like I've had people come up to me. And they say, well, you're, you're a believer. Yeah. Well, I, give me your spiel. And it's like, well, no, my life is supposed to reflect my spiel. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I've actually had people come up to me months later. Why do you do that? Or why don't you do that? Or why won't you go there? And then it's like, oh, then the conversation's open. Sure, Let's sure. sit down and talk. Yeah. And now I can say, well, this is why, because I got a book that tells me how the world was created and we're a little bit off. And this brings me back into alignment with how, you know, and those big ideas can then be broken down into real life, pragmatic things. And for me, it's been, I don't know. And, and the Lord saves in a million different ways. I'm not saying there's any one right way. He said, preach the gospel, right? I don't no. know if that's on a street corner or having coffee with someone at no. Starbucks. My point is, is if you're speaking truth and you're speaking the truth of the word, it doesn't go void, Yeah. right? 
Yeah. And I, I think oftentimes we have a short, short-sighted view of discipleship. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if you look at the life of Jesus, how many, how many people did Jesus disciple? You know, he, he wasn't running, yeah. he wasn't running to and fro trying to gather crowds. And, you know, and, and frankly, it's the opposite. If you really pay attention in scripture, um, any time, almost every time in the gospel where it was like a great crowd came, Jesus is like, all right, watch this teaching. Unless you uh, eat my flesh, <laughs> right? He got real blood. weird, real yeah. quick. Yeah, <laughs> and people are like, "Yeah, I'm out of here." Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. but uh, mm. what I mean by short sighted in discipleship is like, you know, okay, let's look at your kids. If you think generationally, which is a whole other conversation, I've been teaching on this a lot. Are you postmill? What do you mean by that? Your eschatology. And what do you kind mean? Like, by like, like uh, pre millennium, so post millennium. So here's pre post. <laughs> That's out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I, you're saying generation to generation. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. So like generational yeah. is great. And I, and I don't like you won't hide in your closet. You're not hiding <laughs> in your closet. You're not being like, oh, wait, waiting for Jesus to yeah, come. Jesus is coming no. in any, any post, second. Post, post post rapture for sure. Yeah, yeah, or post uh, tribulation for yeah. sure. And, and, you know, when you get into that eschatology, it goes back to suffering. We can talk about that if you want, but if you're talking about, um, why people have a hard time with suffering, uh-huh. you know, if you have a, if you have a pre-tribulation theology, it's probably going to contribute to, wait a minute, you know, what, what, why am I walking through all of this suffering? Mm-hmm. Why am I having a hard time with this? Right. And, it, and it's like, that's because you're, you're in your heart, yeah. you have not prepared Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and you know, and when I was in, when I was in seminary, I went to a very conservative seminary that was, that was pre-trib. Yeah. And and I'm like, I'm not pre-trib. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I would get, you know, and I'm like, and they're like, well, you know, and you know, they would give me the spiel. And, and I always had one question. I said, that's fine. Like, if you believe we can still be brothers and sisters in, in, in the Lord, that's fine. I said, but take, sure. take that. If, if that's true for you, then that must be true for the body of Christ around the earth. Yeah. Mm. So, so take that to the underground church in China, take right. that yeah. to the church in the Middle East yeah. and say, Turkey, Yemen, yeah, 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 yeah. all those places. And say, you know, don't worry, the Lord's going to get you out of here. And you're like, yeah, well, yeah. I just watched my family lose their heads. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, in in Plus what a disservice it does to all of our church fathers and martyrs up until that yeah, point, too, you know, kind of. Yeah, and that's like, what, like I said, that's a whole, whole other conversation, but... Um, you were talking about discipleship. Yeah, yeah. going back to, to or gener- Jason got those crazy yeah. eyes for post mill. <laughs> yeah, he's generational <laughs> discipleship. Well, when he started talking about generational, I'm like, right, right, right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. So we're so we're Let's supposed to do some kingdom. work while we're on the earth. Yeah. So the Great Commission makes you makes know sense. it's supposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to happen. Yeah. So yeah. Go, no. Go no. Absolutely. But I, I look at that. We can have an eschatology discussion. I think of my children, right? And you're like. You know what? You know I'm I'm almost forty. I'm in my late thirties. So it's like when when I'm not going to see my great grandkids grow up. Mm. You know, barring mm. a miracle of the Lord. So it's like discipleship wise, what can I impart to my children? How can I disciple my children that my posterity would actually walk in the ways of the Lord? Yeah. You know, it's not this when um, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I'm when I'm dead and with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, by God's grace, that my you know, and that's that's a prayer that I pray often. That my posterity, that I that I will never see, that I will never know, you know, on this side of um, uh, of glory, that that they would serve and that they would know the Lord. And so, from a discipleship perspective, whether it's your own children or other people as well, and oftentimes we get caught in the numbers game, right? Mm. You know what I mean? Especially when you're talking about the metrics and the quantitative things of church and Western church and all American church, et cetera. But it's like 
you know, if you look at what's really humbling is when you look at the life of Christ, you know what I mean? He had his disciples and yes, he, he ministered, he had, he had great crowds, he had other people as well. But if you look at the core of his ministry, he poured into these small group of guys and trusted that what I impart to them through discipleship, through, you know, my life, through them observing me, through them walking with me, that it's actually enough that they will go and turn the world upside down. Yeah, And so it's like, in if we took that mindset of like, okay, when that's your point, if it's that coffee, if it's that coworker, if it's your family member or whatever, like, and I know that the Lord is prompting me to disciple this person. If I do it from the context of, it's actually not about, I need to get this guy saved so that he can get to heaven. Like, that's beautiful. But, but what impact is this guy or this woman going to have on their people, on their generations, on their kids, you know? Mm. And so when we take a look at that, we kind of, um, it gives us a, a, a longer view as opposed to like, well, you know, I'm only discipling two guys right now. Yeah. Does that make, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know if that makes You're sense. You're personal. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're declaring it here. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's crazy because I was, uh, man, geez, we're just coming up with so many good subjects here. I know we yeah. need to wrap it up, but you know, even five or eight as near as five or eight years ago, I was like, ah, oh, eschatology and type stuff. It doesn't matter. We just go out there, follow the commission, like preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting into all that. And then I started to realize that sometimes, when you, what you believe in your end times, you know, eschatology, that's what's changed me. It, it can kind of change how you yeah. do the great commission, how you yeah. disciple, how you preach the gospel. If I'm a, you know, if I'm one of those uh, pre-mill kind of pre-rapture, like, Hey man, I'm just going to hold up and wait for God to take me out of yeah. here. Yeah. Cause I got the ticket. It's like, I don't know if that's the greatest. Then right. again, we have guys like we John MacArthur, yeah, yeah. John famously reformed. Yeah, exactly. He's pre-mill, He's but pre-mill. It, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. he doesn't take that attitude with right, it. Look, right. I'm going to keep preaching yeah, to he, the day I yeah, die exactly. and not close down my church in California. <laughs> exactly. Right. I probably don't land on pre-mill. I probably land somewhere else. But my my point is is and those are secondary issues exactly. like you were saying yeah, yeah, like we can still yeah. call them brothers in Christ oh, and hey yeah. that's Absolutely. awesome uh, but at the same time if it's affecting the way that you live day to day that's where it gets a little sticky for me and I'm like oh, okay that does there is some importance to understanding when Christ will will rule and reign what he was talking about in Matthew 24 you know all those type right. of things because if if I have a skewed version of that and just go you know any anything eschatology or anything that causes me to say, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand until the Lord raptures me out of here. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. It's not, it's probably not good. It's probably not really biblical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you want a case study on that, all you have to do is look at the Jesus people movement. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you had these massive, massive amounts of people being saved in the prevalent theology that they were being taught was at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Twinkling of an eye. At any moment. We're out of here. Yeah. So they the naked rapture. Yeah, and they, what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> we all lose our clothes. Yeah. We're in the sky like what the what is going on? <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. yeah Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's good. And, we, we try to keep it light here <laughs> with uh, heavy subjects. Jason does that very well. Yeah. Sorry. And, and yeah. And so when you look at that that study, and it mm. you know there's a great book. It's called God's Forever Family. But if you look at if you look at that theology, that because they when they got born again, mm-hmm. they were born again. Yeah. They were like, what's the Bible say? We're doing it. Right. Yeah. And they're like, and then they begin to sit under these teachers that begin to teach, you know, this pre-tribulation, like the, you know, before all this stuff comes, the Lord's going to, you know, zip us out of here. Yeah. And so this is when you begin to see the birthing yeah. of like communal living mm-hmm. and, you know, like we're just going to live together and we're going to pray and we're going to try to get as many people saved as we can. And we're going to prepare yeah. and then bring them into moment, the commune yeah, and not really moment, go outside of our yeah, four walls. Yeah, and we're out of here. 
So it's just, you know, to your point, that's, a, um, you're exactly right. Yeah. And how do you versus... disciple generationally with that type of outlook? Yeah. Like you were saying, yeah, no, absolutely, you know, there's, yeah. there's no next generation. And, and, and just a post mill point, like the, uh, there are some crazy post mill, like, sure. There's like a couple uh, sure. different views on the post mill, like Bethel, Did you... Bethel's post mill, but that's it... not what we <laughs> strive to here. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you, but you yeah, dig in could... deep enough to any yeah. doctrine or theology, yeah. you're going to find some See extremes the... and there's going to exactly. be some people, you know, it's like, man, well, first I think it's, I know this sounds so cheesy, but I keep saying it like the older I get, the more I'm like, the Bible is all about moderation. Everything is moderation. There's really, I know it sounds, we, we can preach a sermon that says, Christ was extreme. He was, but I'm saying the extremes of those doctrines, usually I land kind of in a moderate place. Yeah. Yes. God is 100% love and he's also 100% justice, but he's both of those things. I can't serve a God that just loves me to no end and doesn't hold me responsible, yeah. but I also don't serve a God that drops a piano on my head every, every time, time I mess you. up. Yeah. Yeah. So like, where does that leave me? That leaves me with a biblical heavenly father yeah. that is both of those things all the time, 100% in his fullness and attributes. Yeah. What does that look like? And that's where, you know, it's, it's we have fun calling out those extremes because yeah, you yeah. just go, when you kind of get to that center of that balanced biblical view of who God is, you go, gosh, we got extremes everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. like politics or anything else. Yeah. You got these ex- where we're just accentuating one portion of who mm. God is or suffering yeah. or discipleship. Yeah. And but it's like now, you, you now get it's way off real quick. I, I don't know if this is new. I mean, I I was regenerated uh, probably four years ago, and you know, I grew up in the church and whatnot. But all of a sudden now, it's like, well, was it say the Greek? And you're like, <laughs> come on, man! Like, do you really yeah, speak man. Greek? Can you really speak <laughs> Greek to me right now? Like that that it'll be somebody else. It's like, yeah, well, he doesn't. You know, that's not what it means in the Greek. And it's like this guy teaches Greek. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you even say like uh, that? That one episode with Doctor White. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor White was like, I don't need a strongest concordance. I speak Greek. <laughs> I speak Greek. Yeah, and the guy was like, Do you know what that means in the Greek? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you yeah. should get you a strongest concordance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that means anyway. we shouldn't aspire to learn no, more about for the sure, languages. For sure, or, but or but now deeper. it's like everybody's like the internet police, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, oh well, I I saw this, I saw this thing, so all of a sudden I'm going to fight this point, and it's like, well. Okay. Okay, man, that's that's not what we're... I feel like the biggest thing right now is just being... We're so fast, and it's so easy just to take a verse or two out of context. Yeah, And yeah, there's no hermeneutic yeah. there. Yeah. There's no, like, yeah. verse, chapter, and heck, it's a whole letter. We didn't have chapters right, until, like, yeah. you know, 500 years, 700 years ago, whatever it was, when yeah. the priest on the run started writing it down. But it's like, verse, chapter... It's like, you have to go small and then go big. Verse, chapter, letter, you know, covenant. Yeah whole uh, redemption plan. Like if, if that fits, if all those fit into the, how you're interpreting that verse, then you're probably good. Yeah. But it's like, boy, are we quick to take a verse and just use yeah. it. You know, I call them the Google theologians. You know, they just oh, go, yeah. Oh yeah. Top 50 things about this subject. And then, Oh yeah, that verse. And it's like, dude, <laughs> dude, let's get it in context, man. Let's right, right. not, you know, but yeah. now I, mean, I think this yeah. is going to de-evolve into yeah, us yeah. just <laughs> complaining about everything we, yeah. we hate about the yeah. internet. <laughs> you do need a system. You need a systematic study though of, you know, systematic yeah. approach. And, yeah. Um, if we don't have that, then we can find, you know, all of us, we can find ourselves leaning one way sure. or the other, you know, and Absolutely. if we don't, to your initial point, if we don't embrace the, the, the tension and the paradox of scripture, yeah, like we will, we'll, we'll drive ourselves crazy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, you know, I've literally seen people go crazy yeah. trying to figure out like the Bible, you know what I mean? Like, nope, this, I like, this is the day and the hour and you take this and you put yeah. this and it's like. You know, you, you have to, like, yes, we study to show ourselves approved and, and 
also embrace the mystery of God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the par- it's the paradox, and it's 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 not either or. It's yes, both, and more. You know, yeah. it's like um, you know all these. We could quote many of these scriptures. That's like obey and honor your mother and father, that your days may be long. And then Jesus is like, unless you hate your mother and father. Yeah, you know, you can <laughs> right. have a, and we're like, oh, yeah. you know, like if we don't understand, you know, the context, we don't understand what Jesus is saying. We don't gouge out your eye, cut off your hand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. so all of those things. Yeah, guess yeah. I'm gonna have to <laughs> yeah, so. take it off. All right, let's put a bookend on this. Let's wrap yeah, it up, well. Jake. As you take us out here, why don't you tell everyone uh, you got anything you want to plug or any social media or anything where uh, yeah. they can find you, the ministry, anything like that? Yeah. Let them know. We'll link yeah. it up in the uh, on the podcast and YouTube as well, too. Cool. Yeah, so uh, MineralHouseOfPrayer.com. If you want to check out our uh, House of Prayer that we run, right now we're running like uh, almost 15 hours a week, 15 hours of prayer a week. Um, and then uh, my personal, my wife and I's personal kind of uh, missionary page would be LoopFamily.org. Loop, L-O-O-P, correct? That's right. LoopFamily.org. I like yeah. it. Nice. Jake, thanks so much for sitting in with us. Yeah, tonight. It was fun, man. Talking. Coming out. I yeah. feel like we could have went another three hours. Oh, we could have turned this into we, a Joe Rogan should've. Christian podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. But we'll have to have it. you back, man. Anytime yeah. uh, you just want to talk about the word, we're yeah. just looking to bring glory to God. I know Jason and I have the same heart, right? We yeah, want uh, people to know the Lord, man, yeah. and to know Him truly, and Absolutely. and to understand uh, that everything we do, you know, if if you're a Westminster guy, right, the chief yeah. end of man is to glorify Him, enjoy Him forever, um, you know. And when we were talking about suffering tonight, I'm going to repeat one of my favorite verses by Charles Spurgeon, or quotes by Charles Spurgeon that says, "The sovereignty of God is the soft pillow on which I lay my head in times of adversity," mm. and I think that's what we need to do as believers: is understand that God is in control. He's sovereign overall. We, you know, he loves us absolutely. But sometimes that loving uh, is a Jacob, where your brothers throw you That's into right. a pit, sell you into slavery. Yeah, it can be. And then he looks at him. Uh, yeah, you know, fifth, Joseph, twenty-five years. Yeah. What I say, Jacob? Yeah. Sorry, Joseph. Yeah, sorry. Got, see, that's what happens when you talk too fast. <laughs> Start making mistakes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so guys, thanks so much for listening to another Dead Men Walking podcast episode. As always, go to dmwpodcast.com, check out the merch, check, uh, leave us a voicemail, leave us a text, give us some constructive criticism, some comments. We like all that. And always. if you buy one of our uh, funny, which we think funny t-shirts, yeah, they are. Um, supports the show, helps us. Yep, yep. We appreciate it. Anything else, Jason, before we get out of here? No, no. Thank you, guys. As always, guys, God bless. Cool. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Men Walking Podcast for full video podcast episodes and clips, or email us at deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.